0: Good to be in the house of the Lord, Amen, Amen, Amen. 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 All right, everyone. So, want to uh, uh, mention a couple of prayer needs before we uh, go to our message. Um, and even though Frank uh, Tester is in the hospital, oh well, actually he's out of the hospital now. He's in the rehab. He's at English Oaks, and uh, <coughs> he. Um, so he just got there. Uh, I think a couple of days ago. So we're going to pray for Frank and his recovery, his rehabilitation um, on his knee. And um, also, we want to pray for Brenda Baumann. Uh, Brenda's lost her brother uh, Thursday. And so we want to pray for Brenda and her family. Isaac, her brother Isaac. Yeah, brother Isaac. So we want to pray for Brenda. Also, uh, we want to remember... Um, Megan, which is the uh, uh, Barbara Joe uh, Vargas' daughter-in-law. I'm sorry, granddaughter-in-law, who's in the hospital. She's uh, just about. She's pregnant and pretty far along. And then she's having some something that's on her brain where she can't communicate. She can't speak. Um, And so they're trying to figure out what it is. So we need to pray for Megan. Okay. And then lastly, we don't want to forget. Our uh, Jacob is going to school. He just started, uh, he's going to start school, and all those that are going to school, but let's pray for Jacob, especially he's, well. there's, yeah, Jacob. <laughs> uh, he's over at Stan State, he's over at Stan, uh, Stanislaus State uh, University, he's got moved in in the dorms over there, uh, so we're going to pray for Jacob. Okay, let's, let's bow together in prayer. Father God. Uh, we want to pray for our special needs this morning. We pray for Frank, uh, as he uh, is in rehab right now. And we just pray your healing touch upon him, Lord. Uh, we just pray that your Holy Spirit move in in his body, Lord, and just give him help in, in his rehabilitation, Lord, just to, to, to have a total healing, Lord, in his leg and his knee. Thank you, God. We also pray for Brenda uh, and her family, Lord, at the loss of her brother Isaac. And uh thank you that uh, Brenda's here today, and we just pray that you comfort her, let your holy Spirit be upon her and her family Lord, during this time of grief and uh, minister to that minister to that family please God we want to pray for megan um, grand- uh, granddaughter in law of Barbara and Joe as she's in the hospital pregnant um almost ready to have her baby, Lord, and she, there's this complication and she can't speak or communicate. And we just pray that you give the doctor's wisdom to know exactly what it is, Lord. And please, Lord, just touch her. Touch her in her, in her, in her brain, Lord. And uh, just give her healing. We pray that you give them doctor's wisdom and please give her complete healing, Lord. Please put your hand upon her. Megan, thank you, Lord. Father, we also want to pray and we want to thank you for... Uh, thank you for Jacob. Thank you for Jacob and all that he does for us, Lord. Uh, we're so blessed for his ministry. And we just pray that you bless him in his school as he's getting uh, prepared and God in his dorms. And, uh, you know, just, just just bless his studies and bless all his preparations and the friends that he's going to meet in the dorm. And, you know, just help him to be a witness for Christ and uh, just bless, bless him in his schooling. And we thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everyone. So, yes, this is going to be our last uh, in the book of John. We've gone through the whole book of John. How about that? And so uh, we're going to be closing our, closing our, uh, uh, and I'll give, it'll be a surprise next week. We'll do a new series. We'll start it next week. But uh, anyway. Today we're going to be in John, the last chapter, John 21, if you want to get ready for that. But uh, before we do, I want to mention there's a popular meme out today which uh, on social media, which is, uh, uh, these images was a caption, it's called the one job fail, one job fail meme. Uh, and uh, th- you'll see these pictures of glaring mistakes that are made, and uh, uh, the caption on it would say, uh, "You only had one job." I'll give you some examples. Like there's a a, a road instead of a straight yellow line, there's a road with a, a a zigzag a zigzag yellow line, and it said you only had one job. In other words, the 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 line drive that truck line driver wasn't particularly good at what he did. <laughs> another another one is a. a, a a, uh, a bridge that's under construction. Under construction, the two halves are under construction and the two halves don't quite meet. And the, the caption said, You only had one job. <laughs> Another one, little kitten. Little kitten curled up, uh, sleeping peacefully next to a rat who's sleeping peacefully next to it. And the caption said, You only had one job, cat. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the scripture we're going to read today. Tells us we only have one job, and that job is to love Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Peter, Peter, made, oh, the, the, this meme by the by, this meme by the way is called a one job fail. It's called a one job fail meme. Peter did a one a great had a major one job fail when he failed Jesus when he denied him three times. You remember that. Now, but if we're honest, we can all have major one-job fails when it comes to loving Jesus, isn't it true? You know? So we're going to, uh, we're going to look just a minute at uh, Jesus and his addressing Peter about this and other things. But as we close the Gospel of John, Peter is on a, a, a beach. I mean, Jesus is on a, a shore. Now, the disciples are coming in from the shore. They're on a boat. And, uh, Jesus calls them, he's on the shore, he calls them to bring some of the fish that he just miraculously helped them to catch. Jesus had the coals already burning, and so they come off the boat and they eat breakfast together. They had a breakfast on the beach. And, uh, after that, after they all ate breakfast, Jesus began to ask Peter some questions. Questions about his love for Jesus as his Lord and as his Master. And I'd like us to pick up the reading from there. Okay, we're in John chapter 21, and we're going to read verses 15 to 25. John 21, 15 to 25. And here's what it, yeah, if, you can, if you're able and willing, if you could stand with me, and it says this. It says, John 21, 15, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and it said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, rumor spread about the, among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that, have been, that would be written. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. God's word be blessed. Amen. You know, these questions, the questions Jesus asked Peter aren't just for Peter. Those are questions for us as well, aren't they? Uh, Questions about our love for Jesus. This is a question that goes beyond just saying the words, Jesus, I love you. This is a question about proving your love. Uh, proving your love to Jesus. That's the challenge. That's the challenge for every one of us this morning. The challenge is this. Prove your love for Jesus. Prove your love for Jesus. Demonstrate it. How do you demonstrate? How do you and I prove our love to the one who died on the cross to save us? The one who gave his all for us. The one who rose again and reaches out to us. How do we prove our love? How do we prove it? We're going to look at three responsibilities this morning of proving our love to Jesus. Okay, so the first one is this. The first responsibility in proving your love to Jesus is this. Prove your love to him in showing your love to others. Take a look. Verse 15 15 to 17 says this. Jesus finished eating. He asked Peter, Simon, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I do. Feed my sheep. Again, Jesus asked the same question. Do you love me? A third time, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You notice the first time Jesus asked him, he asked him, do you love me more than these? Who are the these that Jesus is talking about. Well, probably they were the other disciples that were there with them. Jesus is probably remembering the night. Peter claimed to be the most devoted disciple. Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse thirty-three. He says, "If all of them fall away, Lord, I will not. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you." Hmm. <laughs> that was the night. Peter denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. Proving your love for Jesus. Three times. He thought he was the only one who would stand if all the others would fall away. He had had a one job fail, and he failed it three times. The one job failed. Peter denied Jesus three times, so Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? You see, there was a purpose behind this. There was a purpose. No, other, no doubt the other disciples were aware of Peter's denial, but Jesus knew this. He wanted to lead Peter through this cloud. This cloud of denial. He wanted to confirm that Peter was not cast out because he denied Jesus. He didn't. He he, he didn't uh, dis, didn't disqualify him from serving Jesus. And he wanted the others to know it. See, God's love is a redeeming love. He will redeem our mistakes, and he'll find a way to use our failures if we repent. If we'll repent. Now, I have plenty of failures, I, especially as a young man. I struggled with alcohol. Ten years. From my teens to my early 20s. I had a major alcohol. It was a problem. Uh, you know, but God used it. God took it from me. And uh, I was privileged to become a certified with the state as a drug and alcohol counselor. Uh, in between pastorates at one point for several years, I was a DUI Uh, drug and alcohol counselor. The last three pastorates I've had, I've had three churches before this, each one of them I started or helped to start a recovery program. Recovery for Christian Recovery. That's where you help uh, those with addiction. See, God used my failure to benefit others. He helped me to help others in the name of Jesus Christ. God will redeem our failures if we turn to him. If we turn to him in repentance. And that's just what Peter was now understanding. He was understanding this. God, you know, Peter was reminded, though, when Jesus asked him three times, it grieved him. Look at verse 17. It grieved him. It hurt him. It says when he asked him the third time, Peter was hurt because he asked him three times. He he was remembering. He was remembering how he denied Jesus three times. But you know what? Jesus was doing a work. Jesus was doing a work in Peter, and he was allowing Peter to reaffirm his love three times to to help remove, replace the grief that he had for denying his Lord. Three times. Jesus was doing this publicly. Each time he asked Peter the question, Peter answered it, and Jesus commissioned him. He gave him a commission. If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, take care of my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. This was a public commissioning in the around in public with the other disciples present. So they would understand the place that Peter would have among them. You see, here's the thing. When Jesus said, feed my sheep, who are his sheep? His sheep is his church. That's the church. We're his body. Jesus has a special love for his body. Peter was going to lead the church. Jesus was preparing him to at the beginning of the Christian church. He was leading him. He was helping him. But he could not lead the church. He could not shepherd the church. He could not care for the church. If he wasn't done in love. You see, Jesus says, if you love me, take care of my church. The church. You know, Jesus. Peter's love for Jesus is what motivated him to love others. It's, it was him proving his love for Jesus by loving others. Now, if you're to prove your love for Jesus... You do it the same way, by loving others. By loving others. Loving in obedience to Jesus Christ. John 15, verse 12. Jesus said, this is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's the command. If you're to prove your love for Jesus, love as Jesus loved Love with Jesus' love. Love with the love he gives you when you put your faith in him. See, it's not just your love. Now it's his love flowing through you. Love others in the name of Jesus. Love them to prove your love for Jesus. And now, Jesus' love is a forgiving love. Peter was understanding this more now than ever. He was forgiven of a great and grievous sin. But you know what the Bible says? Luke chapter 7, verse 47. He who is forgiven much, loveth much. Peter was forgiven much, and he loved much because he appreciated the forgiveness. And he was learning now to be a forgiver. How do we love the way Jesus loved? We love enough. To forgive. Sometimes that's the hardest one, isn't it? Huh? To forgive. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Forgive as God in Christ forgave you. We got no excuse not to forgive. Amen? Forgive. How uh, Only, you know, not only forgive as love requires, but do the tasks that love requires, the tasks. Now, the task for Peter was to feed God, feed Jesus' sheep. You have a task. You have a task as well to prove your love for Jesus. Don't just love by what you say. Love by what you do. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Little children, don't love. Let us not love merely in word and speech. Let us love in deeds and in truth. Love by what you do. Show your love for Jesus by how you show your love for others—forgiving them and doing the tasks that love requires. So the first responsibility we've seen to prove our love for Jesus is to show your love for others. Number two, the second responsibility is this: to show your love, for, to prove your love for Jesus. Do it in fulfilling his plan for your life. Verse 18 and 19. Verse 18 and 19 says this. Very truly I tell you, Jesus talking to Peter, when you were young, you could dress yourself where you wanted. But when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands. What is Jesus telling him? He's telling Peter, Peter, He's talking to Peter about the span of his life and God's plan for his life. You see, Peter would die of crucifixion. And when he says that you're going to stretch out your hands, that is a picture of being crucified. Tradition has it, in 68 A.D., Peter was crucified by the Emperor Nero, but he wasn't crucified like Jesus. He refused to be crucified like Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be crucified by my Lord like my Lord. Hang me upside down. And his head was on the ground. They nailed him to the cross upside down. He died the violent death. Jesus said he would. But you know what? Peter wasn't worried about it. Peter didn't live his life. He knew how he was going to die. He didn't live his life worrying about how he was going to die. He lived his life with joy in service to the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew God had a plan for his life. He knew God, he he didn't worry about it. He lived his life serving Jesus, and he considered it a blessing. He considered it a blessing to suffer for the sake of his Lord. Listen to this. 1 Peter. It was written by Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. Peter himself says this, If you are insulted, Because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. 1 Peter 4, 14. For the spirit spirit of glory and and of God rests upon you. He continues on in verse 16. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Peter loved Jesus and he lived with joy in in his life and in his death. You couldn't steal his joy. It was an honor for him to die for Jesus. Peter showed his love for Jesus Christ. He was totally devoted to his Savior. He knew that his times were in God's hands. If you are a believer, you should know the same. Your times are in God's hands. The Bible says it. Psalm chapter 30, verse 15, King David says, I trust in you, O Lord. I say to you, my God, my times are in your hands. Our times are in his hands. Believe it. Fulfill his plan for your life. God has a plan that he wants you to fulfill. He has a purpose that he wants you to complete. God is the master potter molding you, shaping you, just like the song we sang, to be used by God. He has a plan for your life. As a believer, you're to submit to his touch and surrender to his will. God has a plan for your life. We live... We're to understand that God is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. God has a plan for your life. He had a plan for Peter's life. And he's working in you. Now, it's not the same for the atheist. Let me say this. For the atheist, it's not not about God's plan. It's about my pleasure. For the atheist, we're just a chance combination of atoms that happen to be habitating this planet. For the atheists, let's eat and drink because tomorrow we die. Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. Great author. Seemed to be an atheist at least at the last part of his life. He once famously said, all thinking men are atheists. Here's a man who seemed to have it all before it came to a tragic end. One writer says it this way. Ernest Hemingway, born 1899, was the epitome of the 20th century man. At 25, he sipped champagne in Paris and later had well-publicized game hunts in Africa and and hunted grizzly bears in America's northwest. I'm thinking about Danny over here as a hunter. (laughs) At the age of 61, after he had it all, wine, women, and song, and a distinguished literary career, he chose to end it all. He was found dead of a gunshot wound in his home. And he left a message. And the message said, life is one blank thing after another. You see, he saw no plan of God uh, for his life. There was for I mean, there was no ultimate purpose, no meaning, no hope. But God does have a plan. God does have a plan for you to fulfill in your life. God does have a plan. In his plan his plan is for you to glorify him. The Westminster Catechism has it right. Man, The ultimate, uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. God has a plan. Jesus has a plan for you to glorify God with your life and, and with your death. With my death. Verse 19. Verse 19. Peter talking about, Jesus talking about Peter about his death. He says this. It said Jesus indicated this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. He glorified him in his death. Peter. Peter. Peter lived his whole life dying to himself to glorify God, dying to his selfish desire and living to love Jesus. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says, You and I should do the same. If anyone come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You see, for for Peter, this final cross was just a testimony of what he'd been doing all along. He died on this cross. He'd been dying every day of his life to his selfishness, living for jesus it was a testimony of his recommitment that he made when jesus recommissioned him to be who he went who he was peter was loyal to the end no more denying <laughs> now he's proved his love he proved his love to the end glorifying god glorifying god in his death Fulfilling God's plan for his life. So the second responsibility for me and for you as believers to show, prove your love for Jesus by fulfilling his plan for your life. Third and finally, prove your love for Jesus in following what is true. Following what is true. After Jesus told Peter the kind of death he was going to die, verse 19... Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Those were the very first words Peter ever spoke, Jesus ever spoke to Peter. When he saw him casting his net upon the sea, he told Peter, follow me. Now, in in the very last words that Jesus speaks to Peter, he gives him the same command. Follow me. The word follow, a follow, a true disciple of Jesus Christ is a follower of Christ in the gospels the word follower is used 80 times 80 times to describe what it means to be a disciple of jesus christ it's a follower peter was following jesus he was following the truth so we're talking about following the truth Follow Jesus, who is the truth. Follow his example. Follow his word. Follow his truth. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Follow him. Follow him. Prove your love for Jesus. Look at verse 21, uh, 20 to 22. Peter turned and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. And it goes on to 21. When Peter saw him, he asked him, Lord, Lord, uh, what about him? <laughs> you know, uh, what about him? You know, Peter turned around. He saw, this was John, by the way. He saw John coming up from behind. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Verse 22 If I want him to remain until I return, what's that to you? You follow me. Don't worry about his business. Worry about your business. Your business is to follow me. Huh? Follow. Keep your eyes straight. Keep your eyes on me. Follow me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your goal should be to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Don't compare yourself with anybody, others. Nobody can do you like you, amen? Nobody can do you like you. Now, we tend to compare ourselves. Sometimes that can be helpful. Sometimes. If you're trying to learn to be a better person, you see someone, good example, that's good, that's fine. Iron sharpens iron, right? But, but, each one of us has a specific calling from Jesus. It fits the person that you are. It fits the things that he wants you to do. So when it comes to following Jesus, keep your eyes straight on him. Following him. You know what? You've got one job to do. <laughs> You've got one job to do. Prove your love for Jesus. Keep your focus in a book <coughs> excuse me, called Off Balance on Purpose. Business leader Tom Thurman writes about the focus of a tightrope walker. And he knows because he is one. And he says this. I want to hear it. He talks about yeah, walking on a tightrope he says this is not as easy as it looks anybody ever tried it <laughs> i had a cousin i don't know if he was ever good but he tried it <laughs> he used to say he was a tightrope walker. he says this when new students step on the rope of a cable a rope or a cable they almost always begin with the same flawed game plan they they stare downward at the wire to ensure that they have the the proper footing, okay? Got this right here? (laughs) Okay. And so they fall. They fall. They look down. They fall. So what is the solution to this dilemma? He says this. If you've ever watched closely a professional tightrope walker, you may recall they never look down at their feet or the wire or their hands or the palates. Or the palates. Excuse me. The balance pole. Rather, what do they do? (coughs) Pardon me. They keep their head up, looking forward toward the goal. And at the faraway platform in front of them, what are we supposed to do? Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ who is in front of you. Fix your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith. Follow him. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter uh, 4 says it this way. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 and 27 says it this way. It says, keep, it says this, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet. Be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Look straight ahead. Follow what is true. Follow what is true. There's a lot of wrong ways you can go, especially today, in what you believe, in what you do. Follow what is true. Verse 22. Jesus said this, I want you to... Uh, If I want him to remain alive, you know, what is that to me? But I want you to notice in verse 23 what happened. I want you to notice how the truth got distorted. Because in verse 22, Jesus said it very plain and clear. What's it to you if I want him to remain in me? Look at verse 23. Verse 23, things got way out of proportion. Things got turned around. It says this. It says this. It says, because of this, rumor spread. You know what happens rumor spread? Rumor spread among the believers. Hey, he's going to live forever. He's not even going to die. How could they have straightened this out? How could they have got the truth? Go to the source. Go to the one who spoke God's word. God's word is true. Jesus said it, John 17, 17, praying to the Father. Father, your word is truth. We're following the truth. We're following he who is the truth. We're following the written word of truth. Follow the truth. Verse 24, John writes, This is a disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know his testimony is true. Stay focused. Stay focused on the truth, following the truth. Stay, stay focused on it. That's God's word. Stay focused on it. Let your mind dwell on it and take a stand on it. The truth. Prove your love for Jesus by following what is true. Prove your love for Jesus in the three ways we've talked about. Three responsibilities. First, showing your love for others. Peter found the forgiveness for his failure. And he was commissioned to take care of the church. He did the tasks that love required. He proved his love for Jesus by the action his actions and his deeds. We should prove our love for Christ not by what we say, but by what we do, loving others. Number two, responsibility to fulfill his plan for your life. God does have a purpose for you. Hemingway sadly could not see it. His purpose is is for you to glorify God, enjoy his fellowship forever. Glorify God by denying yourself, your selfish, our selfishness, taking up your cross every day, living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And third, prove your love for Jesus by following what is true. Keep your focus straight, like that tightrope walker. (laughs) And keep from turning to the right or to the left or to the wrong path. Follow the truth of Jesus. Walk in his truth. Let his, and, and glorify him. Glorify him. Glorify him. We have one job to do, amen? Yeah. Prove your love for Jesus. Let's not make it a one job fail. Let's, let's make it a glorify him with a job well done. Peter showed his faithfulness after he fell. He glorified God by giving his all question is, will you do the same? Will I do the same? Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for the examples you give us in your word. People that are great men and women of God, Lord, have failed as Peter failed. But Lord, you redeemed him. You used him. Lord, we all know what it means to fail. And we thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, you died and shed your blood so we can have forgiveness through you. Thank you that you rose again. And now, Lord, all we have to do is ask all who uh, we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us, Lord, to glorify you. That's our purpose. And show us what you want us to do. Show us your purpose. Show us your plan as individuals, and as a church. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.